0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 290 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB coming at you from Underground Studios and joining me this week because we both enjoy yelling about our Philadelphia sports teams doing silly, stupid things. My man from the Electric City, because he's wearing an orange beanie right now, the one and only Dylan Mazzola on the voice line. It's
1: great to be back, Kyle, and I, I really appreciate the Electric City joke and the- <laughs> Folks, if you don't get it, then you don't watch The Office. But yeah,
0: that's what it's from. Uh, it's good to have you back on the main show. And uh, before we get started, we gotta we gotta pay the bills. So obviously, the main pod Underground Sports Philadelphia would not be in business without our incredible local sponsors: Main Auto LLC, Doucharms Pro Foot, Security Twenty One Security Systems, Paul J Gillespie Incorporated, uh. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, Bob Novick, Auto Mall, which if you guys didn't see it on my Facebook page, they were out in the snow, selling cars, doing the damn thing, best in the business, proud sponsor of the pod, and of course, the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our homies over at Tomahawk Shades, the best in eyewear in the game. You know I wear my blue light plus glasses every single show. I wear my sunglasses to work every single day. When Dylan's out and about patrolling in his car, I wear, look, yeah. look, looking for for hooligans, <laughs> just out and about trying to cause trouble. Dylan pulls up on him with his tomahawk shades and is like, "I mean business."
1: It's true, and they and they just turn the other way. It's so intimidating.
0: Yeah. They, they don't know what to do. They're just like, whoa, where'd you cool glasses, man? Where'd you get those? Like, it changes the whole conversation. You guys should be filling up your carts with Tomahawk Shades right now. Head over to their website, TomahawkShades.com. Fill up your cart. Get the Blue Light Plus glass. If you're working from home, you should be protecting your eyes. If you're learning from home, all that good stuff. Staring at screens for hours on end, your eyes get strained. Get some Blue Light Plus glasses in your life. Protect your eyes. And when you go to checkout. Use our promo code USP to save 25% off your order at checkout. And right now, all U.S. orders, free shipping. Can't beat it. Tomahawk Shades, quality product for an affordable price. And of course, Dylan, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting and redesigning their electric trimmer, the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 just in time for the holiday season. I've even seen people trimming their trees. They're Christmas trees with the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, if you're one of those people that wait till the last minute and you're still waiting to get your tree, just bring the Lawnmower 3.0 with you to the Christmas tree farm and chop your chop chop the tree down with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best in the game. When I tell you guys it's premium, I mean premium, because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so if you go cut the Christmas tree down out in the snow, you're good to go. Uh, And one of the coolest features is the LED light, so if you go at night, too, it's going to illuminate grooming areas or the tree trunk itself for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which is about as fast as Miles Sanders ran on his 82 yard touchdown run against the Saints uh, with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you guys are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia, Dylan and I want you to experience the Manscaped experience firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Don't have a Christmas tree in your pants this holiday season. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at Manscaped.com. Your jingle balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use our code USP going on brother uh not much man you know just getting done work
1: the old grind wearing my tomahawk glasses like you said to deter crime little, little rhyme there uh you know just chilling ready to talk some philadelphia sports it's been a while like you said i have been on the main pod uh, we've been doing the mando pod recently in the streaming which has been Facts. fun but which you guys should definitely listen to if you haven't already Four um, followers on
0: Twitter away from Dylan buying a lightsaber, by the way. Yeah, kind of really want to waste
1: my money. So Kind or, of a big but, deal. Kind of a big deal, but it wouldn't even be a waste. But no, it's good to be back and talk um, something else besides Star Wars, which is still fun. But it's good talk. you know, Philadelphia sports. And I think Kyle and I can agree that for once... Not much ranting will be done about the Flyers, which is usually what you're probably used to be doing when you hear <laughs> yeah. me
0: talking about I, Sports. Flyers. I, I, the one positive we have is about the Flyers, and that's Oscar Lindblom is cancer-free. Yes, officially. Shout out to yeah. Big Oscar, because just a little over a year ago, uh, he was diagnosed, and now he has been declared cancer-free. So we're going to start the pot off with good news. Shout out to Oscar yeah. Lindblom.
1: Great news, and... To just do a, a very, like, literally minute synopsis, the Flyers literally essentially have the same exact roster as last year. Kyle just said the one common denominator is that Oscar will be healthy now. He can play the whole season. Nolan Patrick apparently might play. He looks healthy. He's skating. Um, Good old ham M&M cheese. And then there's the guy they signed from the Sweden League, Linda Sandine, San, Sandine who is um, – I believe he's actually – he reported – Philly, I think today or he is coming over soon I forget I have I've been working a lot so I haven't I haven't been up to date but I know he's coming over or already is recently so he's here and yeah that's really that's the Flyers news
0: (laughs) shout out to the Flyers uh but we do have a lot of yelling to do because that's
1: I was saving that (laughs) it has been
0: a while since we've recorded um just scheduling wise and then we were going to record yesterday and then the lacrosse World decided to just set itself ablaze and drop the biggest news uh, of the last, like, couple years ever. Check out the Outside the Box podcast for all that good stuff uh, that we dropped today. But let's talk about this Eagles team, Dylan, because uh, those idiots.
1: <laughs> I haven't been able to talk to Eagles this year at all this year, have I? I?
0: I feel like we've avoided talking Eagles as much as possible this year just because of how much of a shit show it's been.
1: Oh, definitely should show, but I'm saying more so on the pod, I yeah. my first time mentioning mentioning those damn birds, uh, those
0: flightless birds. I those had dodos. I had friend of the show Ralph Marlborough from the Saints Happy Hour podcast on Eagles enemies and I said, I want nothing more than the Saints to come into Philadelphia and just kick our asses because I am all aboard the train as is Dylan get the mm-hmm. draft pick at this point because going into that game the Eagles were 3-8 and 1. You're neck and neck with the Cincinnati Bengals, who you have that tie with, and that tie is going to cause so much nonsense when it comes to just the end standings of everything and who the top yeah. draft you know, people will be. And if, if they lost that game to the Saints, they would have been in position to have the fourth pick in the draft.
1: Especially because everyone else in the division won that week.
0: Yeah, like you were gifted the opportunity to be at the fourth overall pick, which would be the highest you have been naturally. Obviously, they traded up in 2016 in the number two spot to draft Carson Wentz. But naturally, they have not been in the top five since they drafted Lane Johnson, which was the year after Andy Reid's final year with the Eagles.
1: Yeah, they – it's – they – and the sad part is they can still, if they lose out or even win one more game and lose three, like if they win, um, I don't know. Like it's its, it's going to be hard. Like they're, they're, they're still going to get a top 10 pick as long as they don't win out. It looks like. Um, the, the only problem is we have two division games left. So that really puts a bugaboo in things because if they win that, that's, you know a win for us and a loss for – it's going to come down to the last game, Kyle, and hopefully we don't win out and hopefully we don't sneak in the playoffs because, like you said, you and I have been on the tank train for a while, and that's really the only thing to say about that because, like you were just saying, you were gifted the opportunity to pick fourth in top five and something that people probably haven't realized. Um, and maybe you have, but Eagles fans might not have because you aren't thinking like this, which is fine. I, I realized it only a couple weeks ago. The top two picks are most likely going to be in this order: Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields going yep. to the going to the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, maybe the order changes, and for some reason Fields goes first and Lawrence goes second. But
0: either, either way, way, it's going to be the quarterbacks. going Two one, quarterbacks.
1: Two. So if you pick fourth, you literally have a second player in the draft. It's not a quarterback. Yep.
0: And, and every if, pick. Back, and if you get, if you would have gotten got, to third, you would have literally had your pick whoever pick you want whatever you want because the draft in 2021 literally is not going to start until the third pick because the other two are locked in we know both of those teams need quarterbacks we know trevor lawrence is going to the the jets as long as they don't win a game this year but yep the eagles winning that game against the saints 24 to 21 drove me absolutely nuts I'm sitting on my couch watching the game, doing the score updates like I do every week. And I'm literally, for the first time, yelling at my TV, calling them idiots for doing well. And it felt weird.
1: I was following your Twitter and it was hilarious. But I was so
0: (laughs) annoyed because you were in prime... Like we said, all the other teams had lost. You were in prime position to just set yourself up for the next decade to get a blue chip player on this roster to help whoever the quarterback is going to be next year, to help yeah. whoever is going to be on this team next year, whether it's you know getting up to the third spot and getting my dream pick of Panay Sewell from Oregon or getting one of these wide receivers like Jamar Chase or somebody like that. Who's going
1: number three, by the way. There's a good chance that he'll go number th- third overall to whatever team's there.
0: Yeah, I mean, like... It, there's so many blue chip players. Because the Bengals
1: need O-line help and they're in front of us. So.
0: <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, being outside of the top five and winning that game knocks you out of the top five. The Eagles are currently sitting in the ninth position in the draft because of that win. You literally dropped four spots from where you were and five from where you could have been. Which and is why we need to lose out. <laughs> I wanted to pull my hair out. I was I was so pissed. That they just went and won that game against arguably the best defense in the league, which I don't know what Dennis Allen was doing for the Saints, like just completely just wrote off the the whole concept that Jalen Hurts could run the ball. Um, I
1: don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is with the Saints and the Eagles, but I feel like they have games that are like awkwardly close more than, more often than I, I feel like with Saints, it's either a blowout or it's a really close game. Like there's no like yeah. few or far between.
0: Can we also talk about in this game how? Yes, Jalen Hurts played well. He also He's wasn't one like
1: one-dimensional, though.
0: wasn't spectacular. He didn't like woo me to be like, okay, yeah, we need to trade Carson Wentz tomorrow. He was good. You know, he was serviceable. He ran the ball with his legs. He was he was multi-dimensional. Was able to throw the ball, but I I I wasn't like bowing down and like yes, like he needs to be the guy.
1: No, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I, I said to my one friend who's trying to, you know, he's not, he's not a, a, really an Eagles fan, so he's trying to poke hold of us and all, all our fandom. And he was trying to say the usual slander, like, oh, Wentz is cooked, Hurts is the answer, you know, all that all that BS, folks. Uh, all, all that bull. Um, and I, I told him, I said, I'm all for mobile quarterbacks. Like, I like Lamar Jackson, I like Kyler Murray, I like Russell Wilson because he can be mobile. But I'm like, and Russell Wilson isn't even a true mobile quarterback so that's a that's a kind of a disclaimer but it's like when's the last time a legit mobile mobile quarterback won a super bowl like outside of like Russell Wilson he's not even a full mobile quarterback he just escapes the pocket you know what i mean a, a guy like Lamar Jackson has a guy like that even really won the super bowl
0: I mean, I guess you could say last year with Mahomes, but even then, Mahomes is like exactly. So that's my saying. So, I, I, so
1: my point is, I'm going off what Kyle was saying. Like, I, I was impressed by the poise of Hurts, and for him to come in and do that is still impressive. But in terms of actual play and like analyzing it from a football point of view, and I'm no expert, but I'm going off my my eyes and what I saw. is was the the way he played that style of football, like how much he rushed. It will not get you anywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say the last mobile quarterback to win the Super Bowl outside of Mahomes was Russell Wilson.
1: And he, and they're not even, like, traditionally mobile. You know, like, they're mobile, but they're not mobile. Yeah. Russ just really – Russ buys himself <clears throat> excuse me, time out of the pocket. You know what I mean?
0: And part but of that guy- is obviously, you know, the Patriots and doing what they did. But, like, Jalen Hurts is still young. Like, he's 21, and you'd think – Doug Peterson coaching for his job from, you know, the looks of everything.
1: Definitely coaching for his job.
0: (laughs) How the hell is Alshon Jeffrey still playing and active on game day Mm -hmm. and just miraculously caught a pass for a touchdown in this game, giving maximum effort, and Travis Fulgham continues to lose playing time? I'm not saying – let me preface it. I'm not saying Travis Fulgham is like this, you know, god of a wide receiver he's he's not like he's he's another guy that's still young learning the position not he's learning struggles. how to play it, but like learning yeah. you know the nFL way of playing getting opens his real big problem I've to noticed, not like- give him playing time especially when you're playing a young quarterback is just organizational malpractice it's coaching malpractice i know I've used the word malpractice a ton on this podcast <laughs> over the past couple of weeks it's relevant but it's relevant like There's no logistical reason that any coach, no matter if it's Doug or whoever, should be saying, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, who's not going to be on this team next year, needs to be getting quality starting minutes over Travis Fulgham, who is younger, more athletic, more mobile Alshon Jeffrey.
1: You're not wrong. I mean, ideally... The Eagles, the, the problem, the problem with the Eagles is they still, and God bless their souls, they they still think they can make the playoffs, which just have to oh. and like and do something. So the, excuse me. So the problem is, I think they want to like play the vet sort of. You know, you know how like in, in teams, the mindset when they're trying to like you know achieve something of that nature and a stature, they like play the more experienced players. But like it shouldn't be that way. It Should be what you're saying. And like Hightower, Rager, Folgum, should be getting the bulk of the snaps like try to incorporate goddard even even try to incorporate as corny as it sounds like richard Rodgers in, into some more plays because he might have to be an interim tight end too when you inevitably trade zach Ertz in the offseason so it, like it's just all all these things that should be done or should be somewhat doing he's not doing and he's doing the opposite like i, I saw a report today speaking of older players that Deshaun jackson was running routes and like practicing like cool I love this on Jackson. He'd had great memories with him here. He's a great player. And the miracle of Meadowlands is literally one of the top things in my brain. And I, I literally have that on repeat. It's like part of my, my left lobe, but <laughs> like, but, but he's, he's cooked. So like, in terms of like his time here, it's just, it happens. Like he's, he's at, at one point, he's just retired for the sake of him living a healthy life. Cause the man can't stay healthy. But at the same time, same thing with Alshon, like both of those guys aren't going to be here next year. So if, if they play Deshaun Jackson at any point going down the stretch over like Kyle saying Fulgham or what well, I said, Rager or Hightower, um, it's just questionable. And, yeah, people are mad with Hightower. He's, like, you know, dropping passes. And I'm mad at him, too, for that. But the guy was, what, a fifth-round pick? So I'm not expecting him yeah. to be, like, Julio Jones off the cuff.
0: And it's I'm like just... – you were, I didn't even see that Deshaun report, so that's interesting, but – I I was thinking about Deshaun today actually when we were talking earlier, and the miracle of the Meadowlands punt return—that yeah. honestly feels like the last time Deshaun Jackson truly played that Eagles uniform. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, because because it's a it's a meme and it's sad, but we, uh, we really
0: we got him for like one and a half games a season now. And he's done. like he he had that unbelievable game. His first year back last year. Yeah, two two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, right? over a hundred receiving yards, and then the, the phantom mystery of the the core muscle injury that happened and he didn't play in that Falcons game. It's just like it, it truly feels like the last game Deshaun Jackson ever played in an Eagles uniform was Miracle at the Meadowlands. Well, that's kind
1: of a perfect uh, like analogy or like example of what the Eagles were for their success. So I'm oh. sure some people some people listening right now are like, what is he saying? You're dumb. And then like, sure, you can disagree with me. It's fine. We we'll have all their own opinions. But I, f- I hate to break it to you, but the Eagles like uh, are kind of a flash, in, a flash in the pan, you know, like in terms of like They hit on every single player, which is great. We're all happy about knocking that. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that they want to have like eight hats to say champions on it. (laughs) But we hit on every free agent player possible. You look that year. Almost every single one, if not everyone, contributed. Uh, We had draft picks contribute. And then we had a couple of traits. And then what happens? Literally, Kyle and I are talking about it all fair. Every draft since then has been either bad or it's too soon to analyze it. But it looks like it's going to be bad. Yep. And then you've made bad free agent signings, and you and they and they did what any team does when they win. And it's, and it's relevant talking about this because it's what's why we are what we are now. They made bad signings in terms mm-hmm. of contracts, like like Alsh- the Alshon contract and stuff of that nature. And you can't add other players. Um, and it's just it's kind of it's created a cap hell, and so you're stuck. You're stuck in a situation where you can't draft properly. Yep. you don't really have that much young talent and you have overaging vets who are very expensive.
0: Here's another thing I want to ask you because I was a fan of the pick at the time. I still think he's going to be a very good player. But man, like the more he plays and the more like you kind of get consistently watching him,
1: Are you going Justin Jefferson over Rager? Is that what you're
0: talking about? Is that where we're going? I'm not even going that route. It's just like Jalen Rager doesn't look like a number one receiver. He doesn't look as fast as I thought he was. Yeah, like he doesn't look fast at all. He looks like a very good, like, you know, if everything clicks, he looks like a very good wide receiver too on a team. But right now he just looks like a very good like slot receiver right now.
1: Which is ironic, because the last time I talked football with you on air, I think I was literally advocating for them to draft Rager, Chennault, or Claypool. And only
0: one of those has panned out. I wish we had Chase Claypool on this goddamn team.
1: And he isn't even like a speedster. He's just like an all-around bully. I and mean, he's not slow, but you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I think Rager also. I can't really truly analyze him because Carson Wentz has played bad this yeah. year amongst amongst O line and the team itself.
0: So it's it's kind just of like they season. drafted Rager to be this speed guy, where he had not. like this like burning speed, and you know we had my guy Jamie Plunkett who covers TCU for SB Nation, and he literally told me when he came on the pod after we drafted Rager and said like he could be. Uh, a poor man's Tyreek Hill.
1: I haven't seen it yet,
0: but maybe he's I so even fast. Come close maybe, to seeing it.
1: Maybe he's so fast he looks slow.
0: Want to see me do it again? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I will give him credit though. In the same sentence, it, he does get open. He's not like he's. Oh like he yeah. has an ability, so he's obviously fast enough or, or knows how to run. It's around. It's like you enough. said
0: with Fulgham, he doesn't create that separation with his speed.
1: No, that's why people. So Folgum's yeah, exactly. Folgum's like not getting targeted, which mm-hmm. is a bad thing, like you said. But people also have to realize, I was watching highlights. Somebody broke it down on Twitter. Folgum also doesn't get open at the same time, which is also, that's part of the reason why he's not getting targeted right. because he, he can't separate, which is it makes sense. Usually the bigger receivers like that, like the Alshon Jeffrey type guys, when he was, Alshon was good and relevant, those guys aren't the speedsters. They're the dive up in the air and catch it. Yep. They're the hands guys.
0: So, I mean, there's a bunch of issues with this offense, and the fact that they went out and won a game just drives me nuts. And everybody's like, oh, look, they ran the ball more with Jalen Hurts in. That's that's pretty what. No, they didn't, guys. The reason they quote-unquote ran the ball more is because Jalen Hurts ran the ball himself 18 times. Miles Sanders, like, the whole argument that I've seen on Twitter and everything is like, oh, Miles Sanders got more touches. No, he didn't. Miles Sanders got 14 touches against the Saints running the ball. And the only reason it looked like he had good stats is because he had that 82-yard breakaway run for the touchdown. You take that away, he had, like, 30 yards. He had 115 yards in that game rushing. 82 came on one run. Sure, you you, you take away stats and revisionist history and all that, but, like, it's not like Miles Sanders got, like, 25 carries and put up, like, 200 yards. No, 18 of the Eagles' 32 runs between those two where you had 200-yard rushers were from your quarterback.
1: Yeah, it was a very weird game because the Saints had not allowed a 100-yard rusher, and we had two of them against them. In like three years, they
0: hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher. In
1: our quarterback and in a sophomore running back. Also, (laughs) a side note, what's the point of having Jordan Howard on the team if he's not even going to (sighs) play?
0: Drives me nuts. You know how much I like Jordan Howard, too. I like Jordan Howard, too. You know, I like him for the Bears. And it's like he would have been the – he's like the perfect complement to Miles Sanders. That's for my
1: family. I mean, people – obviously, people listening right now, or when when they're listening, when this this gets recorded and and edited, Um, my family is from Illinois and Chicago area. So I'm like like a Bears fan, air quote. Not really, but I support them. And I loved Howard when he had the two or 3,000-yard seasons and tore the the league up.
0: Like, he's the perfect complement back to – Miles Sanders. And I think it's hilarious too because a couple weeks ago, I want to say it was 2 weeks ago now, um right before he announced his retirement officially, LeGarrette Blunt was on the Pat McAfee show and he flat out said he still to this day does not th- think the Patriots replaced him and he does not think the Eagles replaced him since he left. And I completely agree. I think it's I think
1: it's evident. I mean,
0: <laughs> and it's like you have you have a much yeah. better running back now in Miles Sanders than you did when it was committee backfield of Jay Ajayi, Laguerre Blunt, and Corey Clement. But the fact that like you don't have that was, complimentary back Sanders, to come exactly. in for Miles Sanders That's the problem. is just wild to me. And the, the lack of using the run game when that is your best asset right now on offense is wild to me. And everybody says, oh, if you need to run the ball, then you're a bad team. Yeah, the Eagles are a bad team. So, like, they need yeah. to run the ball. And I know it's tough because they have, you know, they've used 15 offensive line combinations or whatever it is in, in the same amount of weeks. But, like, yeah, and we're going to get like, another one this week because Jack Driscoll's on IR, so Matt Pryor's starting against the Cardinals, which should bode hey, well for a that's loss.
1: Good. That's good. Ta- <laughs> that's, that's good for Tank Nation, baby.
0: But, I mean... There's so many people that are just having this pipe dream of the Eagles making the playoffs, and you people are so short-sighted and don't realize the long-term ramifications of needing the Eagles to lose.
1: You're preaching. Kyle, you know I'm probably one of the few people last year who didn't want them to make it, and I got chewed out for that. Why? Because I didn't – I mean, granted, granted, they also got luck. Because – they almost—they were very close to even going further, but they also got the double doink. So at the same time that they really didn't well, play. Two out?
0: years ago, and last years year right? was—they got close again, shot. but Carson got shot. hit in the head by Clowney. Which I saw somebody say is Carson fully recovered from that concussion, which is an interesting conspiracy theory.
1: That's a good point. Yes, yeah, so I—I I, I meant two years ago. Last year I kind of wanted them to do. Damage, because it was Carson's first time. But you can also make the argument when you do hindsight
0: now. like, And I mean, even even two years ago, they were one Alshon drop away from potentially winning another Super Bowl because they would have gone to the NFC Championship game. They would have wiped the floor with that Rams team. And then that Patriots team was way worse than the year before when they beat them in the Super Bowl. That's true. But
1: at the same time, like I was gonna say, hindsight, looking back and looking forward, it probably would have paid to have one of those years worse than not, because we need like blue collar prospects and blue chip pieces, like you were saying. We need we need to retool because the team is getting very old and very expensive, and for every year that you limp into the playoffs, granted the other two years, like you were saying, and you were right, I stand corrected. We didn't limp as bad yeah. into there, but it's been it's been it's been a down a downward trend.
0: Absolutely. Point. So,
1: um, we only got in the playoffs last year because Carson Wentz carried us. People forget nuclear. that the same guy you're turning on, you traitors, <laughs> carried us bunch last of, year.
0: Bunch of idiots. He, this team is a he, bunch of idiots.
1: And then he died. He got hit in the head and like literally like left the game because he got swamped. Um. But that messed our draft up, and then the same thing Kyle and I are saying now. People don't, you, people still don't realize it, and it's just, it's infuriating. I get it. Like I get the making playoffs aspect is so lucrative, and we just won several years ago. But it, 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 it's several years ago. I, I feel like once it's like a year after winning a championship in any sports, whether it's football, hockey, etc., it's like cut it out. Like don't like. People always do the the, the the thing, like the analogy or the question. It's like, would you rather win like one championship and then suck for like this many years or be good for this many years? And the older I get, I lean towards the be like relevant for like 30 years thing and then win one championship. Because I only say that because at least for those 30 years, in theory, you would think you have a chance every single year. Rather, you watch your team be good for one year and then suffer for 29 years. True. <laughs> which is what Which is what I don't want the Eagles to be. I want them to be relevant again in a playoff contender and with how bad this division is or so i thought because there's two teams of division that are trending upwards Mm -hmm. being the giants and the redskins or the sorry washington football team i'm not still not used to saying that they're going up they both made they both made better they they both made a lot better coaching decisions um they both need quarterbacks still though (laughs) but but my point is, like, the division was for grabs had they built up, like we're saying. And now they might have, if they don't do it this year, like, if they don't, if they don't hit the draft this year, Kyle, they might have missed the window to rebuild properly and catch up. Because our team's going to go down before it goes back up again.
0: Yep. This team's a mess. And... uh can't wait to preview Eagles Cardinals on Eagles enemies, and you'll get oh. that in your your feeds on Saturday. It's gonna be uh, rough. It's gonna be a fun episode. But Heck Nation, baby. Speaking of the winning one championship and sucking for ten years, or being relevant, oh. uh, that oh, brings oh. up uh, <laughs> our pride and joy, Philadelphia Phillies.
1: I think they're even worse in some ways than the Eagles, uh, which is
0: they hired Dave Dombrowski, who I yelled about on the last episode. I think most
1: phillies fans were and i'm sorry i'm sorry i think any phillies fan who knew or not even i had red Sox fans text me saying lol so people people know so
0: here's my thing dombrowski's talked to the media since had a damn good press conference i will give him that he answered quite it was nice to have a competent press conference with this phillies team for once Uh, That's important. I think the smartest thing they did was leave John Middleton off the press conference. Yeah. Um, Far away. The stupid money. The thing here is the Phillies need to hire a GM that's good at scouting and drafting and developing. That needs to be put in place with Dombrowski. Secondly, Jason Stark put an article out on Thursday and – on the athletic and it is fascinating the, the timeline in which the Phillies let it led to them hiring Dombrowski. Um, especially when anybody who is like big into baseball, like Dylan and I know who Thad Levine is. And we were so close to getting him. Uh, it absolutely sucks. It hurts. Um, but the list of people who were allegedly on the table for the Phillies that they wanted to be the president of baseball operations for this team. If this list is true, which Jason Stark is a guy who gets fed a lot of information, so I believe things when I see it from him. In in the article, these names were listed. Jed Hoyer, who is the GM of the Cubs, Rick Hahn, the GM of the White Sox, David Force, the GM of the A's, Eric Neander, who was our White Whale, uh, (laughs) GM of the Rays... (laughs) Mike Chernoff, GM of the now Cleveland baseball team, because they are also changing their name. Cleveland Spiders, let's make it happen. Oh, please, give me the Cleveland Spiders. Uh, Thad Levine, the GM of the Twins. Josh Burns, who was in the the headlines a lot, who's the senior vice president of the Dodgers. Michael Hill, who was just let go uh, from being president of baseball operations for the Marlins. And then Michael Gersh, who's the GM of the Cardinals. One thing that all of those guys have in common, they come from analytically driven franchises. They They come from teams that are known for winning, that are known for being ahead of the curve with player development, scouting, drafting, all of that. So that list, like, gives me a little bit, like, it swayed me a little bit back into, okay, maybe Middleton knows what he's doing when he's not talking to people. Yeah, like So, take that for what it's worth. This list gave me a little bit of hope.
1: No, I, I think that's a fair assessment. And you're right. Just duct tape John Middleton and make sure he doesn't say stupid money comments anymore.
0: But of course, but, it led us to hiring Dave Dombrowski. Which is uh, suspect. It's suspect, I'm- but I'm, is it though?
1: Because we have his his mo. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is trading away prospects right for like win now x s s players and stuff. So it's like we don't really have much prospect. Our, our our cupboard's pretty bare. <laughs> so-
0: yeah. So that's one thing. We don't really have any high profile prospects. And in his press conference, he praised Mick Abel for being like a young talent. And Kyle will
1: throw hands if he gets traded. I'm just saying. I right will now. throw
0: hands if Mick Abel is traded anywhere. Um, because he should be in this rotation in like three years. And if not sooner. And for him to praise a, a prospect is I think that that's character development for Dave Dombrowski. Um, I also, yeah. like you said, our, we don't have that many high profile prospects to trade away. To a team where we're one player away, and I think Dombrowski realizes that where this Phillies team is not one player away from winning a World Series, there are multiple pieces away, and I, I, it's weird to say that like I feel like there is some sort of known type of like plan of attack for this Phillies team with Dombrowski in charge. I feel, I feel confident, even though there was the report about Real Muto's team meeting with the Nationals, I feel confident no. that the Phillies will end up re-signing JT now that Dombrowski's here.
1: I hope you're 180% right with that, because if the Phillies do not retain JT's services uh, – we, we were joking about this before we started recording, but, like <laughs> – Who's gonna be your backup catcher? Is Andrew Knapp gonna be your starting catcher? That's just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> no offense against Andrew Knapp.
0: So not only like Dombrowski being here is a good sign for that. The other good sign is the Mets signed James McCann, and I think the Mets with you know Steve Cohen being their new owner and everything. That was your biggest concern with Real Muto is like they have that quote unquote unlimited money to spend because of how rich. Steve Cohen is with his billions and billions of dollars. Um, them going and signing James McCann for $10 million a year for four years is a good sign for the Phillies in the Real Muto race. I yeah. just... I, it, it still just drives me nuts. I know it drives you nuts. It drives Matt nuts that Real Muto was not handed a piece of paper with a contract extension on the day of the trade because... Like you said, if they don't retain JT, and we have to watch Sixto do his Ugh. thing for the Marlins... Pain. Like, it's it's just a mess. This Philly's team is a mess. Like, uh, even when I feel positive about them, it always just comes back to them feeling like a mess. Um, it's true, though. But I, I feel a lot better after the press conference with Dombrowski and his answers to questions like the, the media props to the the Philly media that was in that zoom press conference because they hit him hard with questions that I don't think a lot of other cities would have hit a new GM with. And I think it's because like, like we transitioned with this team has not made the playoffs since 2011. It's been a while. Not (laughs) only do the fans want some sort of clue and, direction for the direction of this team the the people that cover this team, whether it's us as podcasters, you know, actual media, you know pundits and everything that write for the newspapers and stuff like that, we need an answer on what the direction is for this Phillies team because it, it they've been all over the place. they've detoured a ton of times and you can't continue to waste the primes of Bryce Harper of potentially JT if he is back, of Aaron Nola, of Zach Wheeler, of Zach Eflin, of Reese Hoskins. Yeah. And, you know, you're heading into year three of Bryce Harper now, and you still have yet to make the playoffs. You have not made Ye- the playoffs since the the four aces. Dude, good
1: times. But, no, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of infuriating because, like – They are such a contradictory organization. Like Middleton made the stupid money comments, and they did some things, but not a lot. And they get they 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 take one step forward, I feel, and two steps back. But recently, it's recently it's been like one step forward, five steps backwards. Yep. And that's just kind of the way. Ever since they won, like Kyle.